If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Well, hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 171 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but those Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on the 12th day of February in the year 2023. Guys, Yankees pitchers and catchers are slated to report this week. The 16th. Now, let's also remember, real quick, that this year, we've spoken about it a little bit, for the first time since 2017, it's been a while, thanks to COVID, but the World Baseball Classic is returning this year as well. And for all pitchers and catchers involved in that, they are reporting tomorrow. Some reporting days are that close. So guys like Nestor Cortez and Kyle Higashioka, a couple of guys who are announced to be a part of the World Baseball Classic, will be reporting tomorrow, the 13th. It's surreal that it's that close. But again, everyone else, again, the rest for pitchers and catchers, just ordinarily reporting to spring training. They're on the 16th. Yankees position players will then report on the 20th, a week from tomorrow. And games will begin on the 25th, two weeks from yesterday. So in less than two weeks, even if they don't count at first, Yankees baseball will be returning to our televisions, folks. Holy crap. Holy crap indeed, Frank Barone. And it's been a long time since I've been able to experience the excitement of the World Baseball Classic, by the way, upon mentioning it, and the start of spring training together. The both of them. It's been a long time, like I said earlier, since 2017. That's six years ago already. When the United States won their first title in the WBC. And there have been four classics so far, as we know. Japan won the first and second ones in 2006 and 2009. The Dominican Republic won in 2013. That team was stacked. And then the United States won in 2017 for their first WBC title. And now, after six years, it'll finally be returning, coinciding with spring training as it always did. And some people are just, they don't really care about the World Baseball Classic. I, for one, have always really enjoyed it. I know that some people don't take it seriously because a lot of people around Major League Baseball, regardless of their background, their heritage, they go to play for their home countries and they're like, oh, I think it's stupid. They play in America, for Major League Baseball, they should be on the United States team. I think it's interesting that they actually divide all up, and they play from where they're truly from. I think it makes it that much more exciting. And the three best countries, really, have won at least once through the first four times. I think it's pretty fitting. Japan is a phenomenal baseball country. So is the, the Dominican Republic. They are extremely talented there. A lot of them come from there through international signing. And, of course, the United States itself also being just <laughs> the baseball country. So 
They've all won at least once. I think it's a great tournament. I can't wait for it as always. The pools are completely organized and set to go for the tournament. It starts on March 7th. And as it always does, it'll run for a couple of weeks. It's not a long tournament. It always runs from the beginning of March until maybe a little bit past the halfway point of the month. It's usually just a couple of weeks. But uh, I cannot wait for it to get started. I really can't. I'll just read out the pools to you real quick for those who actually care, because again, some people don't. But here's how the tournament is organized. It's usually divided up into pools with... All different kinds of countries participating, obviously. In Pool A is China, Netherlands, Cuba, Italy, and Panama. In Pool B is Japan, Korea, Australia, China, and Czech Republic. Pool C is the U.S. of A, Mexico, Colombia, Canada, and Great Britain. And in Pool D is Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Dominican Republic, Israel, and Nicaragua. So, those are the four pools. And we are set for it to go in just under a month. (sighs) Anyways, how the hell are you, my friends? After that long-ass introduction, you'll have to excuse me for letting my excitement get in the way, but I can't really do anything about it. But anyways, how are you? (laughs) Oh, me? Well, I'm just dandy. One thing's for sure, I can guarantee you that I am one of few to be openly expressing my over-the-top excitement of baseball being right around the corner on the day of the damn Super Bowl. (laughs) Easy to forget that it's Super Bowl Sunday when you're listening to my baseball enthusiasm. Or maybe it's not because you're already getting ready for it as you're listening to the show. Or maybe the Super Bowl is passed and everybody's still talking about it. Regardless of when you're listening to it, today is actually Super Bowl Sunday. And, like I said, I guarantee you, I am one of the only ones with baseball and just about only baseball on their mind (laughs) on such a big day. But, the Super Bowl is tonight, and because of that, I decided it might be a good idea to release this episode earlier than I usually do. Because I usually record Sunday evening, and then I get it right out to you that night, usually. But now I'm recording it way earlier in the day, and I'm going to have it out to you by the early afternoon, hours before the Super Bowl begins, so you have an opportunity to listen to it beforehand, or even after the fact, because, to be honest, releasing any sort of your own content while the Super Bowl is on, and expecting people to go listen to it at that moment, is just downright stupidity and foolishness from a content standpoint. So we're not going to do that here on Yapping Yankees, and we're going to have this episode out to you way before the game starts, so that you can enjoy your baseball talk before having a night filled with football. So... And usually, honestly, yes, I am excited about the Super Bowl each year. I am a football fan generally, I guess. Nowhere near baseball. And I do enjoy watching the Super Bowl for the game itself. I couldn't care less about halftime theatrics or whatever the hell. I watch it for the game itself. And and listen, if you enjoy the halftime, more power to you. And all the other, you know, the commercials that come with it, all of the other action that comes with the Super Bowl and what helped to make it so famous aside from the sport itself. But I watch it for the sport. That's just me. But really the main thing that the Super Bowl constantly reminds me of every year is just that baseball is right around the corner. (laughs) That's really one of the only purposes it serves for me. And I, I do enjoy football. I enjoy the Super Bowl. I watch the Super Bowl, especially if it has my favorite team in it, being the New York Giants, for those who don't know. 
and the Giants made an exciting run this year before they ran into the powerhouse that's probably going to win today in the Philadelphia Eagles. Don't know for sure, but they probably will, the way that they're looking. Maybe Mahomes can surprise everybody. Who the hell knows? But unless my Giants are in there, I just have a general interest. I watch it because I do enjoy football. So I'll just watch it for the hell of it. But the main thing is the reminder that baseball is upon us. Very upon us. (laughs) Because usually when the Super Bowl happens, especially now even more so since... Everything in football was pushed back a week because of the addition of the 17th game and the additional week for the regular season. Now, the Super Bowl happens even closer to when pitchers and catchers usually report in baseball. So now it is even more of a mark of the occasion for me, as if it could be any more of that before, of baseball being right around the damn corner. So, that's what I'll be thinking of for most of today. (laughs) And uh, because of that, and the overall excitement for spring training returning, players reporting, and even the World Baseball Classic starting in less than a month, and even just the regular season being less than two months away, nearly just a month and a half away, that close for 2023, and along with, of course, some new rules that surfaced this past week regarding more pace of game rules. With all of this put together, obviously that is why the episode is titled what it is. Because it's all talking about timing. Timing for how close everything is. Timing for things like the Super Bowl, for me, marking the occasion for how close baseball is. While everybody else is concentrated on football, well, this dope that you're listening to right now is just thinking about how close baseball is. (laughs) And, And also just talking about this new rule surfacing, just... It's all about timing, counting down for the excitement, talking about this new timing rule for the pace of game, and all of these landmarks on the calendar that signify how close baseball is to coming back. It's all about timing, isn't it? But I'm just seriously so excited, (laughs) especially when the month of February hits. Last time I spoke to you a couple of weeks ago is the last couple of days of January still, but I knew the excitement, as it does every year, would get that much more intense upon the official arrival of the month of February, because that is the month where everything happens baseball-wise. That is when pitchers and catchers report. That's when position players report. That's when spring training games begin. And depending on the year as well, like this one, it may or may not be the time for another World Baseball Classic to be played while spring training is going on in preparation of the regular season. And you got the whole month of March to have fun with all that, as we will in the coming month. And then after that, it's about six months straight of just pure baseball bliss throughout the regular season, not even including October, the playoffs. So, the times are changing for the better, guys, when it comes to making it out of the woods that is known as the cold, dark winter. We're almost there. If you look up at the sky... You will now be able to tell this is the month that you usually start to see the turn the other way as well. You'll start to see that sun peeking out a bit past 5.30 now as opposed to 4.45. Starts to change a little bit. In about a month, I believe actually a month from today if I have that right, the clocks will go forward again. That's also on the verge of changing for good soon. Within the next year, I believe, so thank God for that. And the later the sun stays up, it's just more of a reminder 
that eventually, before too long, the winter will be done. Spring will be here. The weather will start to improve. Our beloved baseball will be back. And those are the happiest of times because I personally cannot tell you. Obviously, I have my things like I spoke to you two weeks ago about. I have my things to distract me whenever baseball isn't around in the offseason. But it's still tough because when baseball's not around, there's a certain void in me that just can't be filled. I, I don't know how to describe it. Maybe you could describe it if you have another sport that's bigger than baseball for you. And maybe it's the same way for you whenever that sport is gone. But that's how it is for me during the offseason. It's just torture and enduring the cold and the snow, which I despise. And fortunately, huh, knock on wood, fortunately, we have really seen no snow virtually. Virtually no snow in New York this winter as we head into the middle of February. And you won't catch me dead complaining about that. So with that along with the fact that just a couple of days ago, it hit 62 degrees here in New York, heading into the middle of February. This winter could be worse. It could be. That's all I'm saying. I hope it doesn't have anything left in it to make it worse (laughs) and just do a complete 180. But so far, I cannot really appear to be ungrateful. I am grateful. The fact that we have seen... Little to nothing at all for the winter in New York this year. And just about any other New Yorker, I'm sure, will tell you the same because it's just it's just the truth, whether you like it or not. The winter has really shown little to no activity, except for a few days here and a couple of weeks where the temperatures got like Arctic cold. But we got through that, and otherwise it's been pretty standard or even warm with days like the other day when it even hit 62. And we've only seen a couple of snowfalls, and I don't even think they accumulated to an inch. So it's really been little to nothing. So it's been good with that, and the fact that we're already on the other side of things, we're marching through February, and then, pun intended, I guess, we'll be in March before you know it, in the month of March, and the sun will continue to stay out later, the weather will continue to turn for the better, and before you know it, we'll be in our favorite time of year again, at least my favorite time of year, I don't know about you. But... That's what it's all about, guys. Timing. And time keeps on moving forward, and we're getting closer and closer to baseball being back on our TVs. Now, at the risk of sounding like a broken record, let us continue on with the show today. We already know what time of the year it is, Mike. You don't need to keep talking about how we're heading to the middle of February and baseball's getting closer. And Yeah, I know. I know. So why don't we move on, then? (laughs) It is all about the excitement. I can't hold it in. If you don't like it, don't listen. I don't know what to tell you. But that's where my mind's at. Even on Super Bowl Sunday, I don't know what to tell you. It has been a bit of a struggle every year. Because again, this is year four that I'm doing Yapping Yankees. I started in May or June. I can never remember the specific month because it was the last, like the last few weeks of college I was dreaming up this show and figuring out the format and putting it together and everything. So it's just a blur as to when I specifically started. It was either like the end of May or beginning of June of 2019. And now we're not too far away from those months, four years later in 2023. So this is certainly not the first year that I've had to endure this. I've endured it every year because the Super Bowl is always on a Sunday, but it's always been challenging releasing Yapping Yankees on Super Bowl Sunday because Yapping Yankees since the beginning has been released on Sunday. And the Super Bowl is obviously always, of course, on Sunday. So, 
never fun, but I make do, and that's why I have to make sure that I get the episode out earlier, because again, I would just be asking for failure and no listeners. If I released it while the Super Bowl was on, people would just, the posting on social media about the episode coming out would just get swallowed up by Super Bowl tweets, rightfully so. And yeah, you just gotta, even if you're a popular content creator, you gotta know your place, especially when it comes to the Super Bowl. No matter who you are, almost anyone releasing anything during the Super Bowl is bound to just get swallowed up and completely engulfed in the chaos. So that's just the way of things. (laughs) So we do have a bit to talk about with the Yankees this week. We have been away for two weeks again with the bi-weekly off-season yapping Yankees format, which has only been done a few times because I had, I have had to at some points in the off-season, like for judge signing and Rodon signing and other big things that happened throughout the off-season in the earlier part. I have had to do consecutive weekly episodes at certain points, which I'm totally fine with because you know I love doing yapping Yankees. I have a blast doing this show, and I have a blast interacting with all of you. The whole thing is fun as hell. But... The bi-weekly thing also does help me out in a time where there is less to talk about in the baseball season than there is during the season, for instance. There's a lot more to talk about during then, and that's why we'll be going back to weekly when that time comes around. But especially given how hectic my personal life is with my job and whatnot, and just during the off-season when I could afford to do bi-weekly episodes, it does help me. Trust me. It really, really does. But I also cannot wait to return to weekly format in a couple of weeks because next week will be the last Sunday I'm taking off when it comes to the bi-weekly format. Because when I talk to you next on February 26th, two weeks from today, which is also my dad's birthday, just a little birthday shout out to my dad. Happy birthday, dad. I'm the first one wishing you a happy early birthday. But when I talk to you on the 26th, by then, just the day prior, spring training games will have begun. And at that point, with baseball officially being back, even if it's with games that don't count, but baseball will be on our TVs once again being played. So at that point, Yapping Yankees will return to being weekly, unless, of course, I say so if something comes up, or it's a holiday like I usually, the last, I think last year only I did it, but I usually take off on days like Mother's Day, Father's Day, and other holidays, big holidays that land on Sundays, probably even Easter too. It just depends. We'll see. But other than that, I will be back every week like I have been at every other point of Yapping Yankees prior to this offseason, but especially during the regular season. So, with that being said, even though we have been away for two weeks, there are a couple of things to talk about. Nothing really in the aspect of any acquisitions through trade or signings for a left fielder or anything else. Nothing happened on that front the last two weeks, but... First off, I guess I'll start with this because this happened most recently since the last time we spoke. I think it actually just was announced maybe the day after we last spoke. I believe two Sundays ago was January 29th, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I believe it was the 29th. And on Monday the 30th, the Yankees did announce that they hired another hitting coach. Not a main hitting coach, but an assistant hitting coach. They have another person to add to the hitting coach staff by the name of Brad Wilkerson. So, the Yankees now have another name to add to the mix, another perspective to add to the hitting coach game. So now they have three people involved in this. They have 
Dylan Lawson being the main hitting coach, of course, been here for a couple of years now. Casey Dykes as the assistant hitting coach, and now Brad Wilkerson as another assistant hitting coach. So hopefully Wilkerson can add another perspective and help to revitalize that offense that we saw just completely drop dead and perform a disappearance act when they embarrassingly went out in 2022. So we'll see how much he is able to help with that. Hopefully a decent amount. Because we all know that when it matters, a lot of the time, the Yankee offense on the big stage does not happen to come through and leaves a very bad taste in some people's mouths going into the winter. And usually just results in people talking about how they could improve offensively, which, yeah, at certain times they definitely could afford to. This past offseason, or this offseason still going on, I guess, because it's at the very end of it, serves as one of those examples. And I'll plead guilty to that because it is just a proven fact that the Yankees could have afforded to add another bat. But hitting coaching is another piece to the puzzle. You never know when another perspective could help another person on the team. You never know. So hopefully good things are brought about with the addition of Brad Wilkerson. Also, when it comes to other Yankee news, just a few days ago this was announced. And this is the last thing to really talk about when it comes to definitive Yankee news outside the news of Yankees like Nestor Cortez and Kyle Higashioka, my boy Johnny Luizaga, and Glaber Torres joining the World Baseball Classic. But it was just announced the other day that Chad Green, whose fate has just been really up in the air since getting Tommy John surgery late last May, as we know after spending all the years of his young career with the Yankees so far, his fate was kind of up in the air. Up until a few days ago, when it was announced that the Blue Jays signed him to a two-year, $8.5 million deal. And some people have been playing this down. I guess I can understand why, because the end of Chad Green's tenure as a Yankee may have left a bad taste in people's mouths. But people have to stop for a second and remember that... This guy accomplished some really cool things with the Yankees. I I know a lot of it was years ago, but it's the fact of the matter. He was a vital arm in that Yankee bullpen and had some really solid years with them. Really, really solid years. You may recall he started his Yankee career in 2016, came up and had a bit of a rough time in 12 games, put up a 473 ERA. 2017 was really... A massive year from in 40 games, putting up a 183 ERA, striking out 103 batters in 69 innings pitched. In 2018, in 63 games, appearing in even more games, 250 ERA, still striking out 94 people in 75 and two-thirds innings. 2019, now this is when his career started to take a bit of a downturn, I would say. Just a bit. In 54 games, a 4.17 ERA, so a bit of a rise in that. Still a lot of strikeouts in 69 innings, 98 strikeouts, so that's still a good rate. But the earned run average went up a bit more, and obviously he was also being used in a lot more opening appearances by then, and at first it was working out great, but then it started to slip up a little bit and definitely contributed to inflating that ERA a bit. 2020 came around the shortened season, obviously, in 22 games out of the 60 that year. He put up a three and a half ERA, 351, not brutal, not great. And then 2021, now, 
this was really when he started to gain a reputation of someone just giving up a lot of big hits in a lot of big situations. And this was what really started to turn people against him, I would say. And what really started to cause a lot of people saying that they thought that Chad Green's better days, better Yankee days were behind him. I mean, a lot of late game home runs. I mean, the most famous one that people probably remember is that game in Houston. I mean, this is the one that stuck in my memory the most, if I had to say. There's a game in Houston, and the Yankees had a huge lead heading into the ninth inning, and they couldn't hold it down. And part of the reason for that, a big part of the reason, was because of Chad Green. Because the Yankees went into the bottom of the ninth in Houston with... A five-run lead, and they ended up losing the game capped off by a three-run homer by Jose Altuve, and it was just one of multiple big games that Chad Green contributed in blowing, and that just really started to result in people turning on him, and especially even more so in 2022, last year, only appearing in 14 games, putting up a three ERA, And uh, the strikeouts being a bit down, striking out just a tad over one person per inning with 16 strikeouts and 15 innings. He was still having moments in time where the fastball just wasn't really the same. Not nearly where it was in like 2017, 2018 when he was really in the prime of his Yankee relieving career. Um, And people just noticed that his stuff was becoming, going back to 2021, a lot more hittable. And people started to turn on him as a result, especially because in a lot of these situations, it was really happening in vital games. And people were just getting really tired of it. And I think the straw that broke the camel's back, obviously, was when it was announced that there may have been a reason why people noticed this in his stuff, this dip in production, because he needed Tommy John surgery. And the Yankees and their fans have not seen him since in late May of last year, and now, coming off of Tommy John surgery, it was announced that the Blue Jays signed him to a two-year, $8.5 million deal, so they're taking a bit of a chance on him, because you're always taking at least a little bit of a chance when you choose to sign someone coming right off of Tommy John surgery, but who knows if it'll be worth the chance for the Blue Jays, because Chad Green, once upon a time, was a really solid, reliable, efficient relief pitcher. I was a huge fan of his, and it sucked seeing him really take a downturn in 2021 and then see most of his 2022 season just completely destroyed by Tommy John surgery. It, was, it sucked. I hate seeing good talent taken out by injuries, and just in general, injuries suck, whether the person's talented or not. It, it just sucks. So, I personally, while the end of his Yankee career was... Not really anything fond to remember. I also fondly recall the times where he was beyond incredible out of that bullpen for the Yankees, primarily in 2017 for their incredible run that year and in 2018. And it was still there a little bit in 19, even though he wasn't even primarily used as a reliever that year. He was used as an opener a lot of the time, which, yes, you know, that that depends on which, which capacity he's used. Sometimes that could be classified as a reliever or not, depending on whether you pitch the first inning or not. Regardless, <laughs> I'm just talking about the times where he was strictly used for the middle part of the game, the later part of the game as a true reliever. But 2019, that started to change a little bit. In 2020, it was eh. And in 2021, despite the 
3.12 ERA. That was when people started to see some downturn in his career. And then last year, of course, cut short due to Tommy John surgery. So if you look back at Chad Green's career, I, for one, can remember the good times and balance that with the bad. And obviously, I wish him the best of luck. It stinks that he's in division, because especially if he's successful, then the Yankees are going to have to see him quite a bit. Because obviously, in any sport, but especially baseball, you play your divisional opponents a lot. Well over a dozen times throughout the whole season. So, uh, wish him luck, but jokingly, of course, partially jokingly. (laughs) Not too much luck, but... He will be with the Blue Jays for at least the next couple of years, unless, of course, a trade happens, which is always possible. But as for now, two years, eight and a half million with the Blue Jays as Chad Green goes, but doesn't go too far as, again, he is still in the American League Eastern Division. And we'll see how he does post-Tommy John surgery. I, for one, am curious to see how he does, especially as a once-hard-throwing right-handed pitcher. Some people might forget, but in better times, Chad Green used to touch 98 miles per hour on his fastball when nobody could touch it. And everyone was just, you know, they were like, what the hell is up with Chad Green? Like, 98-mile-an-hour fastball thrown really hard, and it's as straight as a string usually, and people just can't hit it. I wonder why. And then especially when he started incorporating a slider into there, it really added to his arsenal even more, but then... Later on, he even he started mixing in a curveball, which his curveball got smacked around a bunch, and I think he even started to try to mix in a changeup, and and the fastball didn't become as effective. People started to figure it out a bit more, and it just it didn't go too well at times for him, especially in big games in the last couple of years. So, whatever the reason may be, best of luck to him going forward, and it'll be interesting to see how he bounces back from Tommy John surgery. He is 31 years old. I'm pretty sure he's 31. I could double-check that just to make sure I don't get that wrong. He is 31. He'll be 32 in May. So, he's not particularly young anymore like he was back in, like, 2017, but he could still bounce back well from Tommy John. Who knows? We shall see. Time will tell. But best of luck to him nonetheless. And again, partially in a joking matter. Not too much luck. Anyways, as far as Yankees news, that is pretty much all, guys. Again, the only other thing is the announcement of the Yankees that will be taking part in the World Baseball Classic, like Nestor Cortez, Kyle Higashioka, Jonathan Luizaga, and Glaber Torres. Glaber Torres will be playing for Venezuela. And Jonathan Luizaga... We'll be playing with Nicaragua, and obviously, Nestor Cortez and Kyle Higashioka will be on the U.S. team. And once again, the pitchers and catchers for the World Baseball Classic, if they are participating in that all throughout baseball, they'll be reporting tomorrow with the position players for the World Baseball Classic reporting on the 16th, the day that other Yankees pitchers and catchers have to report to Yankee camp, which is again on the 16th. And the World Baseball Classic will be on, I believe the start date was March 7th, I've been seeing, but I don't think games are starting until March 8th. I don't believe. So, yeah, it says Tuesday, March 7th to Tuesday, March 21st. And, yeah, I was right. The first games are on Wednesday, March 8th. So, that's the deal with that. Again, As soon as tomorrow, pitchers and catchers reporting, at least those participating in the World Baseball Classic. And Nestor Cortez, 
Kyle Higashioka and Jonathan Luizaga will be amongst that group reporting tomorrow, since obviously Cortez and Luizaga are pitchers and Higashioka is a catcher, and Glaber Torres, who will be playing for Venezuela, he's a position player, he should be reporting on the 16th, the same day again that Yankees pitchers and catchers report to Tampa for spring training. Again, it is that close. Regardless of how surreal it may be, and believe me, for me it is, as if I haven't said it enough, (laughs) but it is that close. This week, regardless of whether it's reporting for WBC, for regular spring training, pitchers and catchers are reporting for 2023 baseball. Now, speaking of 2023 baseball, like I mentioned before, I basically foreshadowed that I would bring this up. I tried to set it up a little bit, but there is a new rule coming to baseball, Major League Baseball, for 2023, speaking of the 2023 season, and it's got a lot of people in an uproar, whether it be people agreeing with it, whether it be people disagreeing with it, and of course, I'll be giving my opinion on it. As will you, because it also happens to be the main topic of discussion on the social media segment for later, which we'll get to right after this. But it is a big rule change. And a lot of you out there know that I guess I could be classified as a traditionalist when it comes to baseball. I love the game how it is. I always have, and I don't want it changed for people who, quite frankly, are never going to truly be satisfied with the sport, no matter how many changes are made to it. But, hey, I guess we're dead set on giving those people voices now, instead of those of us who just love the game for how it is. But anyway, aside from that, there is yet another new rule coming, and I will say this about it. All the other rules in the past, I basically said that they would have little to no effect on how long a game is. Maybe a little bit, but it's not going to have a true effect. And that held up pretty well, I would say, that statement of mine, because there there were still plenty of games the last couple of years, despite all the changes being made, whether it be, you know, the certain amount of mound visits or maybe the extra innings rule or not having to physically throw four balls out of the strike zone for an intentional walk, regardless of which rule you want to talk about that acted as an effort to speed up the game. Yeah, maybe they helped a little bit here and there, but it just it wouldn't have a true day-to-day effect. And the reason I bring that up and me making that statement in the past that mainly held up for games the last couple of years because while they maybe helped in certain instances, on the regular, games were still basically as long as they always were. But I will say about this rule, even if I'm not in true support of it, that this will change the pace of the game. (laughs) Because this is really the one aspect of the game that truly lengthens each and every game. And I acknowledged that in the past. I gave this as a suggestion for those people who are so hell-bent on shortening the game that this would really be the main thing that shortens it. Truly. Because this is what, little by little, it adds up throughout the game. It piles onto each other, and before you know it, you got a half inning that lasts a half an hour, partially because of this reason. 
And now this could be mitigated a bit with this new rule. So I will say that for those that are beyond determined to shorten games, I believe that this will do that. But that sure as hell doesn't mean that I'm in support of it because I'm not. But the rule is the new changes for pitch timing. And for those of you who don't know what in the hell I'm talking about, well, let me explain it to you. Because now, baseball is going to be focusing a lot more on how long it takes for a pitcher to deliver a pitch throughout the game. And like I said, for those that are really determined to shorten the game, I mentioned that this was the main problem with why games dragged on to be as long as they sometimes did. Because you have certain pitchers, especially when they're in a jam, you know, runners are on base, or they're pitching from the stretch, and especially the, the guy that always comes to mind whenever I talk about this is Masahiro Tanaka. At least for me as a Yankee fan, I knew that whenever a runner reached base and Masahiro Tanaka was on the mound, I just knew to come to terms with the fact that this inning is probably going to be at least 20 minutes long. Regardless of the outcome. Maybe except for if he's to get a double play on the very next pitch he throws with the next batter coming to the plate. Otherwise, it is best to just come to terms with the fact and mentally accept the fact that this half inning is going to be a while. Well, a rule like this will help to change that. I will give some examples. They definitively released details on what this rule will entail for 2023 and the penalties that'll come with it if they are broken. So here's how the pitch timing will work out going forward. I don't know if this is going to stick with it, but this is what they're trying for now. The pitch timer with the bases empty will be 15 seconds. So a pitcher has 15 seconds in between pitches when the bases are empty. With runners on base, They get a little bit extra time, an extra five seconds, so 20 seconds. And between hitters, one at-bat ends, next batter comes up to the plate and gets ready for his at-bat, they have 30 seconds to throw a pitch. Now, the violations. If the pitcher is to violate this rule, it will result in there being an automatic ball in whatever the pitch count happens to be at that point in time whether it be starting the at-bat, or maybe the bases are loaded in a crucial moment and they just happen to take one second too long to throw a pitch, and it'll be an extra ball, an automatic ball, and that'll walk in a crucial run and ruin everything. Who the hell knows? Regardless, pitcher violation results in an automatic ball being added to the pitch count, and a violation by the batter taking too long will result in an automatic strike. So that's your new timer rule, guys. And that was announced on the 9th, so a couple of days ago. Now, me personally, I'm going to hang back to give my opinion on this for when we start the social media segment in just a few minutes. But I just wanted to give you the background of the rule and the details, what it's going to entail, and the penalties that'll come with it if the rule is broken. Whether it be by the batter, the pitcher, doesn't matter. They have their own ideas in mind for how to punish them if they are to break the rule going forward. And again, this goes into effect immediately. This year, 2023. So this is definitely going to change things. Of all the ridiculous changes they came up with, the little things, limiting mound visits, the three batter rule, just putting up four fingers from the dugout for an intentional walk as opposed to physically throwing four pitches... All the kinds of rules like that, the extra runner on base and extra innings, regardless of which rule you want to come up with, that they have tried to enforce to shorten the game, 
yeah, they could work sometimes, but it's not going to be something that helps on the day to day. And there were plenty of days that supported that statement that I made because plenty of those games were still three plus hours long. So this one was really the one. I even said it. You want to really cut back true time, then you've got to limit the time that some of these pitchers take. For instance, if they're in a jam and they're playing mind games with the runner on first and whatnot, those times when you feel like an eternity goes by between pitches. Until you tackle that, you're not going to truly, regularly shorten baseball games. So now that this is being enforced, I do think it's going to make a difference. How do I feel about it? Well, let's roll right into the social media segment so I can give you my thoughts on it before we hear your thoughts on it. So quite simply put, having to do with this rule, I figured I would talk about it because it's not only a Yankees topic, it's a baseball topic. And sometimes, as you know, on Yapping Yankees, I will talk about big things going on throughout the entire sport because we're all baseball fans here in general too. And any big rules that Major League Baseball puts forth, they're going to inevitably also affect the Yankees because the Yankees are a part of Major League freaking baseball. So it is important to talk about. And on the subject of timing being how close everything is to starting, and with this rule being about timing for pitchers and batters, again, this is just the theme of today's episode, so I figured why not talk about it? Because it is a big change that is imminent for this sport. A big one. I think that it could possibly be the biggest change with the biggest impact so far. A lot of the other ones could be considered small changes, small pokes at some effort to shorten the game, but this one... Whether you think it'll actually like really affect anything come game time, it's a big leap for the sport. Or a big step back, depending on your point of view. But anyways, the question, open-ended for this week, got another open-ended Yapping Yankees question for the social media segment, is how do you feel about the new pitch timer rule, and are you concerned for any Yankee pitcher? with the rules. So I guess it's a two-part question, sort of. And obviously, give your thoughts, and I'll read them on today's episode. Now, here are my thoughts on it. I'll start by saying that when it comes to, like I said, when it comes to rules that I think very well could speed up the game, then I think this one will do it. I think this is a step in the right direction for those people. And I applaud them for finally putting into effect. But that does not happen to be the side of the fence that yours truly sits on. Because I am a traditionalist. If you want to take a big old crap on me for that, then go right ahead. But I personally am just sick and tired of all of these changes happening. I don't personally accept change too well in general. I can change my mind on things, and I can accept changes for certain things. But typically, in general, if I had to say, I guess I would say that typically I am not that big of a fan of change, especially radical change. And yes, sometimes certain things do have to change for things to evolve and move in another direction. I understand. But in this case, when it comes to changing baseball, I have never been able to understand why it's happening. 
And I know the reason. It's money. You want to try to draw a different generation of fans. You feel the sport will die out after a certain amount of time and a certain generation dies out. And you feel like nobody's going to care about the sport anymore because they feel like it drags out too long. And therefore, you're going to miss out on making money. I get it. The end result is money. I understand that aspect. I'm not completely hopeless. But this is yet another example, in my opinion, of giving more of a voice to the people who claim that baseball is boring and no matter what can be done, they'll never be roped into it or fall in love with it. You're giving a voice to the people who will never truly be satisfied with baseball no matter what you do with it. Because I got news for you, and I've said this plenty of times before when it comes to the subject of changing the game. I've always been on this side of the fence. I believe that if, in general, I would say a baseball game is about three-ish hours, I don't think it's going to make a difference if you shave ten minutes off of that. I don't think you're going to get this incredible, vast, new generation and new demographic of viewers and fans because you shave ten to fifteen minutes off of a game. And in doing so, you're just potentially shaving the excitement off of a game. Because tense moments in baseball require thinking, strategy, taking a moment to think it over. And in a way, you're sort of eliminating that. And I know what some people say that, you know, some, most of the time they take under 30 seconds anyway, so it's not really going to affect them. But knowing that this rule is in place, and for those people who do take more time than they will have now under the strict clock, I don't know how strongly they're going to enforce it, but it sounds like they're planning on it. But for those people who do take a while, it could really get into their heads. And it could really mess with the momentum of things. Let alone the fact that, let's say, someone gets lost in the drama, and they forget about the pitching rule, which, yes, I guess would be their fault. But... Like I said before, let's say it's a big moment. Bases loaded, full count, two outs, vital moment in the game. The fate of the game is hanging in the balance. And a deciding run scores because the pitcher took too long and it walks in a go-ahead run and wins the game for that team. People will have a meltdown in that scenario. As I probably will too, especially considering I'm against this. For the most part. I say for the most part because now I'll go to the other side a bit and see how I slightly understand their point of view, maybe. Because like I said before with the example that I used, with pitchers like Masahiro Tanaka, for instance, whenever a batter reached base, again, you just mentally accepted that that half inning was going to be a freaking long one. Again, unless like an immediate double play is made, then whatever. But... Those pitchers that do take an absolute eternity to pitch, even when it's really not like warranted to take that much time, and when that happens too often, then I will compromise and admit that sometimes that adds unnecessary time to a game. Because like I said, I will acknowledge that this is the one rule that will truly change things, I believe. It will take some time off of games. I don't know specifically how much, and it also depends on the game and the circumstances, but it certainly will help more than it doesn't help when it comes to shortening games. And I do think that it'll help with pitchers who take too much time. 
Because pitchers like Tanaka, and there are others like him, they take a long time. <laughs> like, I'll admit that and compromise somewhat. But for pitchers who are like right on the border, and maybe it's maybe it's in their head a little bit that, oh my God, there's a clock behind me. I don't have necessarily as much time as before. It screws with the mentally, screws with the momentum of the game, and, and crap just goes off the rails. You never know if that could have the effect. It could maybe have none of that effect, and it'll be fine. But what about when a runner's on base, and maybe the pitcher wants to play the mind games a little bit with them, look them back to the bag, look back to the plate, look them back to the bag, look back at the plate, play a little bit of a game with them, and all of a sudden, maybe they forget that since this is a new thing, timer runs out, penalty. So you're talking about the strategy and the thinking that goes into certain situations in a game possibly being messed with. That could be a potential problem as well, considering that's a big part of baseball. And with these continued changes in the game, these are all reasons why I'm just not for it. I'm okay with a game being three-plus hours. I've watched 20-inning games before and was perfectly content with it. Because you want to know why? Because I love this sport. And the shame of it is, is that a lot of people who don't like this game, who crap on this game on a regular basis, and will never be happy with it no matter what's done with it, are the ones being given a voice right now. That's the shame of it, in my opinion. Can games be shortened by a few minutes? (laughs) Maybe. I guess you can make that argument. But is that really going to make that big of a difference? Is that going to make all those people who always claim how much they can't stand baseball all of a sudden love it? I got news for you. It's not. It's not going to make a single damn difference in the minds of those people. They don't care. And all of a sudden now, people like us who love three and three plus hour games... I guess our opinions don't matter. Because all they care about is shortening the game now. It's all they care about. It's all they care about. Because it's pretty obvious that it's all they care about. Because these changes seem to be coming annually. Just more changes, more changes, more changes. More efforts to shorten the game. And I guess we diehards, who don't care how long a game goes on, are just forced to have to accept it. And yeah, fine, I'll accept it. What am I going to do? I don't have any power to overturn this. The only thing I have power over is the power to turn this microphone on and vent to all of you about it. So I guess I'll have to come to terms with it, as will you. That doesn't mean I have to like it. That doesn't mean I can't voice my thoughts about how much I dislike it. Because I can. And I am. And I'm just tired of those who don't like baseball and truly never will having such a big voice about how the game should be. And I know I'm, I know that there are people who love the game and just truly think it needs to be shortened a little bit. So, not everybody pushing for these changes hates the sport. I get that. And that's why I'm willing to compromise with people who say, oh, maybe you could shave 10 minutes, 15 minutes off. But I'm just saying, if you think that that's going to vastly increase the popularity of baseball, I'm sorry, I truly think you're mistaken. Because the issue with it, at least in the league's perspective, is to try to draw a new crowd into the sport, get more interest, get more money especially. That's really where it's at, the money. And I just don't think it's going to have that effect ever, no matter what you do. This is just my God's honest opinion on it, guys. 
So, do I think for pitchers like Tanaka who take an ungodly, unreasonable long time with this, do I think it would help mitigate that? Yeah, and I, I don't have too big of a problem with that, I guess. But in general, I think this could screw with a lot. All the things that I've said already. So do I think for pitchers who take an ungodly amount of time that this could be, I guess, a, an okay change? Yeah, sure, whatever. And do I think that it'll actually make a change? Yeah, more often than not, I do think it's going to shave some decent time off the game. But am I a fan of more change of the game that I love and more attempted shortening of the game that I love? And do I think it's going to vastly increase interest in the sport and therefore bring in significantly more money? No, I don't. I don't. And my thoughts on this are just simply not changing. I don't know how else to put it. But a lot of the people who just say that, oh, I hate, you know, I love baseball, but I hate when the game is over three hours long. Well, How much do you love baseball then? Because by nature, baseball is a longer game and it's so unique against basically every single other sport in the aspect that it doesn't have a time limit. There's no clock. There are no quarters, periods with time limits. None. It's just innings. Well, now there's going to be time between pitches. It's losing its individuality. The more that we put these changes in and put time limits on things and... And I don't think that it's going to attract a, a different crowd, a different demographic, a new age group. I I just don't. Because if you don't like three-hour games, then how much do you really love baseball? I have to question you on it. I do. Because by nature, about nine innings of gameplay is likely to take at least two hours 40-plus to do. That's just how the sport is constructed. So maybe baseball, in that case, is not for you. And I know I'm going to have people disagree with me. Listen, that's, that's the law of nature. So you could call me ridiculous for feeling this way all you want. And saying, oh, how dare you? You know, just because it's uh, three hours and I don't like it doesn't mean I hate it. Well, fine. You, you want to die on that hill, then go ahead. But I got to question you that if a game hits a three-hour time limit, three, it struck three hours... And it's now a nuisance for me. Well, then just don't watch. And I know that's not an option in the eyes of the league because at that point they're losing money, I guess. But just in general, if you personally have a problem with it, then maybe baseball's not as much for you as you think it is. Have you ever sat down and really thought about that hard? Because maybe you should. I'm not saying no changes can come to baseball. Sure, you change some things. Like, honestly... Here's a couple of changes I liked. I didn't think that it was really necessary to throw four pitches out of the strike zone to do an intentional walk. I mean, yeah, a pitcher could mess up and it could actually result in, you know, comedy taking place and the batter actually getting a hit off of it because I guess it does have its value in physically throwing balls because that's, you know, that's what happens when you walk somebody. But I didn't think it was that big of a deal just putting up a four sign and putting the guy on first. Because 99.999999% of the time, 
the pitch is going to be thrown well enough out of the strike zone on an intentional walk to where it'll be successful, and the guy's just going down to first anyway. So I, rules like that, I don't really care. Mound visits, I don't really care. Because you don't need to go out to the mound 85,000 times. But, like, when you're doing, like, big rules like the pitch timing now as of this year and the ghost runner in extra innings, like, that crap is just so dumb. It's so dumb. Especially the ghost runner thing, which I've spoken about ad nauseum at this point, but... That rule, I mean, it's not even guaranteed that a game's going to go to extra innings. And also, I've seen some ghost runner extra inning games where the game still goes to the 14th inning. It's not a guarantee that it's going to end right away in the 10th inning. And in that case, guess what? Because there's a runner on base, that also slows down pace because pitchers have to concentrate more because they're starting with a runner on second base and have to do everything in their power to try to prevent that runner from scoring so it's that much easier for their team to win. So that slows down the pace of the game because more strategy has to be involved. And a lot of the time, the game still goes to the 12th, 13th, 14th inning. Stupid rule. Plenty of the rules that have been introduced are stupid, but that's at the top of the list. And I will always believe that. For the fact of what it is in the first place and how little of an effect it had at times. So, listen, that's how I feel about this rule, I guess. But regardless of how any of us feel, it's happening, and we just got to accept it. Whatever. We can talk about how we feel about it, but in the end, it's not really going to change anything. The rule's still happening. So, those are my thoughts on it, and my final opinion on it, I guess, is that I just, I wish that people who either don't really love baseball as much as they claim to, or just plain hate the sport and nothing that is done will ever change their opinion on that. I wish they just didn't have as big a voice in how the sport should be played. That's just my thought on it. Because if if you have that much of a problem with the way the game is, then maybe you shouldn't be a fan. And I know I don't have the right to tell somebody what they should or shouldn't be. I know. I know. God forbid. But if you have that much of a problem with it, then what are you doing watching it? That's all I ask. That's it. But do I think it'll actually make a change? Yeah. Of all the stupid rules introduced, yeah, this will actually do something. Especially for the pitchers who do take an ungodly amount of time to throw a pitch. Um, but, yeah, those are those are my thoughts on it. So, a couple of small positives on it, but mostly just not for it, I guess you could say. All right, let's get to your replies on it after I just... One of my whole tirade, and we're now almost an hour in. It <laughs> always happens. Can never shut my pie hole. First up, we got at Yankee Ken saying, I'm indifferent towards it. I guess it's okay as it keeps the game moving. As far as the Yankees go, Chapman is the guy to worry about, and he's gone. So he can break that rule with KC. <laughs> yeah, sometimes he would take a while. That's true. Especially with uh, with runners on. Definitely. I would I would definitely say that. Yeah, because, you know, if a runner's on, you know, pitcher throws a pitch, they want to, you know, got to wiggle around a little bit, got to get all settled in, get the foot on the slab and and look in, get the signs, take the set, throw the pitch. And, you know, for a lot of guys, that'll, that'll take them more than 20 seconds to do if a runner's on. And they'll get penalized now, as opposed to how the game has always been for well over 100 years. But 
Yeah, actually, speaking of Chapman and, and potential Yankees that, that it could affect, I personally forgot to answer the second part of that question. I personally don't think that it's going to affect any Yankee pitcher, really, aside from maybe maybe Nestor, if he wants to do any of his little tricks and he happens to take a long time before officially getting ready to deliver the pitch and getting into his wind-up or you know, actually getting ready to throw it from the stretch, maybe, depending on the situation. Other than that, where there are no funky moves involved, I don't really see it affecting Yankee pitchers too much. Not really that much. Maybe, not not even really Domingo Herman. Thinking of any other Yankee bullpen guys. Maybe Clay Holmes a little bit, because especially, just he pitches from the set, and he... He tends to take a little bit sometimes because like, he just does that thing where his hands go up for a bit and then they go down to his waist before he delivers the pitch. And if he looks in for a while, that could take some time. And I mean, what if uh, what if the pitch comm isn't working and they need to take more time? I guess they just have to be quicker with calling time. Otherwise, they'll be penalized if they go past the timer. So that's just crazy. <laughs> it's nuts. But... I don't really think it'll have that much of an effect on any Yankee pitcher. Not that I could think of right now. But yeah, for someone like Chapman or someone in the past like Tanaka, I think it would affect Tanaka. I, I do. <laughs> but uh, I-, I don't mean for this to be a Tanaka slaughter session. I actually really loved Masahiro Tanaka. I'm just saying, sometimes a guy took an awfully long time to throw a pitch. That's just the objective truth. <laughs> so, all right. Up next is at Sylvester001 saying, Reality is... All players have timing no matter what position. I see it being a problem, except Cortez. So you don't think it'll be a problem with Nestor. I I actually think that if he takes a long time before doing any of his funky moves, that it could actually result in him going maybe a second past the timer without even realizing it. Who knows? Or maybe not. I don't know. It's just hypothetical, I guess. At Baseball, T-Zar is up next saying, I don't think it'll affect anyone. But I must say that I haven't watched Rodon pitch that much. I like that the batters are being timed also. Slowest 10 pitchers ranged from 28.5 to 31.7 seconds. Yeah, so that's... If runners are on base, or if the bases are empty, especially even more so if the base is empty, 28.5, that is a violation on all counts. 28.5 is not a violation if it's between batters, because at that point I believe it's 30 seconds. But 31.7 violates all. So, if that's the most, then hopefully not too many violations will take place. And not in vital situations either, because I'm telling you, if that situation arises when when the bases are loaded at the end of a game, let's say it's the bottom of the ninth of the game and the home team is batting, regardless of who the team is, and it's it, the count is 3-2, and two, two outs, bases loaded, the typical chaotic baseball scenario that you could dream up in your head. And let's say it's in a late September game in a playoff hunt, just to add even more effect to it. (laughs) So, let's just make it as chaotic as possible. And pitcher's really just thinking about strategies, looking in for the signs, and just really taking his time getting ready for the pitch. And then they are notified by the umpire or whoever the hell else that they have gone over the 20-second time limit. There's an automatic ball put to the pitch count. A run scores the game-winning run at that. And because the pitcher took a second too long to throw, the game is now over. When who knows, maybe it could have been strike three 
and the game continues. And that team who was pitching now had a chance potentially later to win the game. Now it's a loss because their pitcher took an extra second too long to throw the ball. I'm not saying this is definitely going to happen. I'm not sure it's going to happen at all. But in the event that it does, I'm just saying that I could see all kinds of hatred being spewed as a result of that. <laughs> that is that is all I'm saying. So, but thank you for that data, because that's actually pretty important. 28.5 to 31.7. I'd like to check if that's accurate myself, but I'll take the words of my loyal listeners. Why not? So if that's the case, again, hopefully there won't be too many violations, if any. But in that case, I mean, I'm sure they'll be even more aware of it now that the rule is in. They weren't aware before because there's no such thing as the rule yet. But, you know, you put that in a world where the rules are officially in effect and there are some violations there. Depending on the situation. So, all right, up next is my buddy Mike at MD Nelly saying it's a joke, but it is what it is. Yeah, I don't. I can't really fight you on that, man. I can't. And like I said, even if you disagree with it, like me, Mike, or any others who disagree with it, listen, it's happening. So, just got to accept it and deal with it. We'll see if anything comes of it. Who the hell knows? Next, we've got at Laura underscore Eismont, and she says, As of now, I'm okay with the rule. The times are different depending on if runners are or aren't on base. Once we see it more in action, then it'll be easier to tell if the rule is good or not. The only pitcher I'm concerned about is Herman because he hesitates frequently. That's very interesting that you mentioned Herman because he actually popped into my head before. And I, I guess I kind of like turned away from it. I was like, eh, maybe not him, but I mean, it could be. I don't know because he does hesitate sometimes, but I don't know. Or maybe now that he knows he can't as much, maybe it'll affect him even more and screw with his stuff because he'll be like, oh, I don't, I don't have time, but now I don't have as much time to think and get ready for the next pitch. And then he throws a dud to the plate and it gets hit into the second deck. Who knows? <laughs> That's why you're saying, I mean, we will have to officially see the rule in effect before we see how good or bad it really is. You're 100% correct about that. And I'll be patient as well. I'll elect with patience as well. So I can get on the same wavelength with that as well, I guess, Laura. But... Yeah, so it's it's pretty valid. The only pitcher you'd be concerned with is Herman. I, again, I, I mentioned Cortez because of all of his funky habits that he tends to have on the mound with all those funny moves that he does. And if he happens to take long before getting into that, then fine. But, you know, now that I think about it, Nestor also tends to be a pretty fast worker most of the time, especially when he's in a groove. He just gets right into the next pitch. So that, that happens to most pitchers when they're in a groove. But... Yeah, so it, but if he's if he happens to be laboring on a certain day and takes more time in between pitches and then, you know, does that thing where he rocks back and forth a few times or leans to his side or goes down low, I mean, who the hell knows? Who knows? Up next is Rebecca at Peace Now for Life. And she says, "I'm so glad you asked this question. I hate the new pitch clock. Part of the beauty of baseball is no time. It's not supposed to be a fast game." If the casual fans don't like it, don't watch. Part of the mental game is stepping out and disrupting time. Hate this. Rebecca, this is why I love you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I know I knew this would be a good question to ask on a day like today because this was just announced a couple of days ago. 
Baseball's right around the corner. Why not talk about it? Because it could affect the Yankee. Might not. Who knows? But it's a rule that could potentially affect everybody. So it's worth talking about. And that's, yeah, that's what I said. The uniqueness of baseball, part of it is the mental aspect. And sometimes that takes time. It just does. Now, do some people take an unnecessary, ungodly amount of time? Yeah. Like I said, I'll compromise on that thought because it's true. But it could just, it has a potential to screw with a lot. That's just what I'm worried about. And just the fact that I am perfectly content with baseball being as, as long as it has to be. I just, I don't care. A lot of other people seem to. I just don't. At Kenji Kofi says, give it a try. Would be nice to have a baseball game not be three plus hours. But why? <laughs> like, what's it doing for you? Like, that's, this, is, this is the logic that I don't understand. Yeah, maybe you're like, give it a try. Fine, whatever. But it would be nice to not have a baseball game be three plus hours. Why? Is it really going to change that much for you, for the people who don't like the sport, probably never will? I, I just don't get it. I don't get that logic. I just can't align with it. It doesn't connect with my brain. I can't really explain it. <laughs> like, As someone who just loves the sport as much as I do, I don't understand why you would feel the need for it to be shortened. Like, yeah, maybe for some people to not take like anywhere from like 40 seconds to an entire minute to throw a pitch, but I don't know. For people thinking that like 10, 15 minutes is going to make any sort of a difference... It's it's really not. I don't I don't know what the big deal is. It's just a longer game. It's nine innings. It's just the way the game is constructed. That that's just the point of view that I have. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you don't agree with it, but it's next up is at Geno's Yankees saying, I'm okay with the rule. Need to crack down abusive pitchers and batters who make games unnecessarily long. Will probably affect a very small amount of players. Ditto for pickoff throws. Both are used for teams to stall for time to warm up pitchers, etc. Can't think of any slower Yankees. Yeah, I, listen, I guess that's a pretty objective response. And yeah, I listen, I do agree that some pitchers and batters take unnecessarily long. I can understand that. But this being put through for everybody else and the mental effect that it could have on everybody else, and for what? Maybe a dozen minutes? I, I don't understand what the difference is for people and why you expect every game to be like less than or significantly less than three hours long. It's just the way the game is constructed, guys. It's the way it is. And if you love it that much, why does it care? Why do you care if the game's three hours? And if you don't have that time, then maybe you just don't have the time and you just can't watch the game. Unfortunate reality, but that might just be the reality. Why change it potentially radically? I, I can't understand it. I can't understand it. If they want to give it a try, then fine. Yeah. Like I said, with the prior reply saying, give it a try at least. All right. Fine, I guess. Whatever. I try to be reasonable. <laughs> At Bobby underscore Sabo says, Love it. Pitching is rhythm with good sequence. 
a pro should be able to adjust and in some circumstances may be a benefit in the long term. I mean, it's easy to say a pro should be able to adjust. I mean, did you have that same logic when the shift started being used as often? I mean, if you do, then fair enough. But, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Pitching depends on the rhythm of the individual. I mean, there's no set, definitive, well-timed sequence for pitching. It just kind of depends on who's on the mound. How they deliver the pitch. How long it takes for them to deliver the pitch. Any mental games they play or might not play if there's a runner on base. Or like a reply or two before said, and that's a good point as well, just intentionally stalling for someone to warm up, you're not going to have that anymore. That's tough. So it could change some things, and I just don't think it's really necessary just to cut the game by, I don't know, 15 minutes? Whatever. (laughs) At MaryH7875 says, Hate it. Baseball is great the way it is, especially now that the ghost runner rule is no longer. I thought that it was supposed to still come back. Like, I know with the original, with the newer CBA being agreed to, I know that in that, I believe, it was said that the ghost runner rule was not going to be enforced anymore during the regular season. But then, I remember a few months ago, Rob Manfred saying that it's likely to stick around still. So, there's a chance, unless I'm just forgetting a more recent report, maybe, that it's still going to be coming back, but listen, you guys know, because I've said it for a while now, maybe first-time listeners or a few-time listeners don't know this, but for those who have been with me for a while, you guys know that I despise that with every fiber of my being. So if that still does truly hold up and that is gone, then there will be no person walking this earth happier than yours truly. But I do remember Rob Manfred talking a few months ago about how that might still stick around because it's been so widely accepted. (laughs) All right, Rob. Okay. But, yeah, Mary, I agree. And listen, to all those I disagree with, listen, you're entitled to your opinions. It's fine. I love the interaction. It's good to talk about, getting other perspectives. I don't have an issue with it. It's just I I can't connect with it. That's all. All right, up next is at CMCKBoyChuck saying, I like the pitch timer rule to give better pace to the game, but not so sure about limiting pickoffs and bigger bases. And the bigger bases, I don't really much care about. It's whatever. And yeah, limiting pickoffs, listen, that's another aspect of the game. It's another one. Part of uh, the mental game between the pitcher and the runner. And... Maybe a pitcher does throw over to a base four times in a row, but maybe that fourth time would be the one that gets him because he actually intended to steal that time. So, I don't know. And the penalty for that is wild. So, I hear you. We got my buddy Spencer at Musician DMD up next, and he says, I'm hearing positive feedback regarding the timer. Rick Cerrone, the editor of Baseball Digest, discussed it on the Richard Neer show on WFAN and praised it, seeing the advantages outweighing the disadvantages. I'm skeptical about it, but I'm expecting my doubts to be removed. The pitcher I expected to be most impacted by it was Frankie Montas. 
I don't exalt about his health problems, but they seem to be taking care of the problem that is the disaster known as Frankie Montas. Domingo Herman comes to mind too. He tends to overthink with runners on base. Another person mentioning Domingo Herman, and maybe I should have stuck by that a bit more. <laughs> maybe there's some credence to that, who knows. But, uh, yes, I'm glad I'm not the only one to have mentioned him. But, yeah, listen, I know a lot of people, the way they feel about Frankie Montas, same way that I feel. His Yankee career so far, although being as short as it is, has been an utter train wreck so far. There's no denying it. But, yeah, I know they have certain people out there praising it, and, listen, maybe it'll turn out to be fine, and, you know, my dislike about it will just, you know, I'll just be like, uh, whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm eh, whatever about it when you really get down to, down to it now, because what am I going to do? What are we going to do about it? It's going to happen. There's nothing you can do, so whatever. But maybe I just won't feel so strongly against it, is what I mean. So, I just, I think of what potentially could go wrong as a result of it. And there is plenty that could go wrong. Will it go wrong? We don't know. But, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not feeling it. I'm not, and I'm tired of all of these changes being enforced and, you know, as an effort to just shorten the game by a bit to please people who, again, likely are never going to be pleased. I just don't think they will be. So, all right, up next, but yeah, that's a good reply, Spencer, yeah. And Rick Cerrone is a good voice to listen to when it comes to that. There are a lot of big people out there. Some are praising it, some aren't. Depends. All right, let's just do a handful of more because we are really getting late here. All right, up next is at my Leo 2013 saying it's a ridiculous gimmick. How much time is the MLB going to save? Hashtag fire Manfred. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, some days it'll, I think this, again, I'll stick to saying that I believe this rule when it comes to all the rest, I believe this rule will have the biggest effect of them all. The rest of the rules for the vast majority, again, I just think we're stupid. But I think this will be the most effective. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying that I would rather it not happen on a personal basis. But I do admit, I have admitted from the beginning, that of all the rules that have taken place in an effort to shorten the games, this will have the most effect, I think. But, doesn't mean I'm for it. So, yeah, but how much time are they going to save? I don't know. Maybe like 15 minutes, like I said. And, and that apparently is going to make all the difference. <laughs> and please all those people who just never seem to be pleased with baseball because they just don't like it as much as they claim to, most likely, or they just really dislike it, and Major League Baseball is catering to them to try to get their love and support, which is never going to happen because they just don't like baseball. And then us diehards just have to live with it. So that's the deal. Oh, well. Up next is at DJ Nick Papa G says, So I know this only sucks for me, but my ride to Yankee Stadium is 160 minutes. If a game is only going to be 160 minutes and I'm going to spend two times that in the car, then the pitch clock is taking game time and game day experience away from me. Like I said, this isn't an issue for most, so... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, listen, if you want to do the math, 160 minutes is... That's an... Two hours and 40 minutes, is it? So, yeah, wow. That's true. (laughs) So when it comes to someone with your commute, yeah, you're right. The pitch clock is taking game time and game day experience away. Yeah, that's funny. That's 
well, funny thought for someone who doesn't have to think about going through that. But, yeah, I mean, if it's only going to be two hours, 40 minutes, like I said, that's what, 15, 20 minutes shaved off? You really think that's going to have baseball be accepted in the minds of countless other people who more likely than not have already decided how they feel about the sport? That, that's just my point, I guess, what I'm trying to say. I just... I... Sounded like a broken record at this point. Let's let's start to finish up. Up next is my good friend Tina at MountainGal456 saying, I hate it, Mike. I love the little chess game in baseball between pitcher and hitter, and part of it is getting into a player's head. The timing thing could throw everything off. I'm not happy about it. Yeah, and that's my concern too, Tina. It's a reasonable concern. And that could it could end up being no big deal at all when we finally see it in action. Like some certain comments before have said, you know, we'll wait and see to see how it is when games are finally being played under it. And yeah, uh, fine. I, I can I can level with that, I guess. But beforehand, you know, your mind wanders. Start to speculate about things. How can it, how's it going to be? How's it going to affect this? Could this happen? Could that happen? The mind wanders. And it could have some pretty annoying consequences, is all I'm saying. And is all what a lot of other people are saying, too. So, all right, final two. And then it's off to enjoying the rest of the day and the Super Bowl tonight. First up of the final two, as always, is my girlfriend, Vic Salimo. And she says, While I feel that some pitchers definitely take way too long to throw a pitch, and that does add potentially unnecessary time onto a game, I also can't help but think of all the things that could affect in-game when it comes to the mental strategy of baseball. When runners are on base, if the pitcher is playing mind games with the batter at the plate, and so on and so forth. I don't think these attempts to shorten the game are necessary. I personally do not mind if the game is over three hours long because I love baseball, and I think it's getting a little bit ridiculous with how many changes are being made just to shorten a game that a lot of people can never seem to be pleased with. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) That's, uh, if that isn't what I've been echoing this whole time, I don't know what is. I don't know what is. Well, that's why I love you so much, babe. <laughs> All right. Last but not least, as usual, is my mom, Julia Gina Scudero, and she says, Hi, Mike. Well, I kind of like this new rule to a certain extent because I can't stand when the pitchers take an eternity to throw the ball. On the other hand, I do worry about changes being made to the game because I worry changes can snowball into more changes, and that I would not like. Baseball is baseball and should stay as original as possible. But again, also, a little fire under the pitcher playing mind games on the batter, taking an eternity to throw the ball, couldn't hurt. Well, yeah, again, those mind games are a part of the game, though. And, yeah, they could drive some people nuts. Sometimes I'm like, all right, throw the ball. (laughs) Sometimes, listen, I'll plead guilty that sometimes I say that, too. But it's a part of the game. So, while I do agree that it will definitely shorten that up and it could have a very big effect on it and I think it'll have a bigger effect than any of the other rules that were being enforced in the past um yeah I I think that it's not right that it screws with basic fundamentals that made the game so unique and great for as long as it has been unique and great um but yeah to a certain extent I could understand being happy about the pitchers who again take an unreasonably long time to throw the ball now being a little bit more under pressure to not do that as much. Uh, I guess I could somewhat level with that, but 
yeah, your other concern about change leading to more and more and more and more changes like it already has happened for people who, again, likely already have their mind made up with how they feel about the sport. And again, those of us who love it the way it is, we just have to accept it. So, yeah, it's that's a reasonable, level-headed, objective response, Mom, and I definitely appreciate that. And as we're the same for a lot of you, because you guys are just awesome, like I always say, love interacting with you guys. That's why I love it. You guys are very smart, you guys are informed, and whether I agree with your responses or not, I appreciate the interaction to no end. As you guys know, I love you more than I can put into words. And it's good to have other perspectives. It adds more to the discussion, and it gets boring when you just share like-minded viewpoints. It's good to have opposing viewpoints and other perspectives, other thoughts thrown into the mix. That's what makes for good discussion. And I definitely feel like, just like with every social media segment every week, basically, that the discussion in this one was great yet again. But as of now, guys, that is all. With that being said, for today's episode of Yapping Yankees, episode 171, But before I leave you on this Super Bowl Sunday, I'll just leave you with a couple of my quick reminders, as I always do at the end of every episode. Please remember to follow me on all social medias if you do not already, my friends. Facebook fan page is Mike Scudero NY. Twitter is at Mike Scudero. And Instagram is MikeScuds97. And please be sure to subscribe to Yapping Yankees on all four of the platforms it's available on. That's YouTube. Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Show your love on all of them like you always do. And if you've missed any past Yapping Yankees episodes, well, you could listen to episodes 34 all the way up to episode 171 today on YouTube. And every single episode going back to episode 1 nearly 4 years ago. Also, all the way up to episode 171 today are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. But once again, I thank you 3,000 for listening to me yap today. As always, my friends, I have been your host, Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you in two Sundays from today on February 26th when I come at you with episode 172 of Yapping Yankees. But until then, guys, hang in there, be patient, stay safe, look out for your loved ones, especially those be patient and hang in there because... In just that little amount of time, by the next time we speak on the 26th, two Sundays from today, Yankees baseball will be back on television. Even if it doesn't count, it doesn't matter. For the first time in a bunch of months since the 2022 postseason ended, baseball will be back on our TVs, people. And that is worth getting damn excited about. Can you believe it? Next time we talk, baseball will be being played. So until then, get hyped about that. Kick life's ass these next two weeks. Enjoy the Super Bowl tonight, and I'll chat with you in two weeks, my friends. Take care.